Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo and I'm joined by my brother Tiago. Welcome. Greetings guys. Today we're going to be reviewing, not reviewing, but talking about the book Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. And I'll just start off by reading uh, the beginning of a chapter. When Xerxes, the Persian Emperor, crossed the Hellas Point during his invasion of Greece, the water surged up and destroyed the bridges his engineers had spent days building. And so he threw chains into the river, ordered it to be given 300 lashes, and branded, branded it with hot irons. As his men delivered this punishment, they were ordered to harangue it. You salt and bitter stream, your master lays this punishment upon you for injuring him, who never injured you. Oh, and he cut off the heads of the men who had built the bridges. So, this is a really funny funny passage from the book. You want to make a comment on this yeah, one? Yeah, this is, I feel like we're... This is just humans overthinking shit too much, you know? Um, and it, I've, in my opinion, sums up, if you had to sum up the book, very shortly, this would kind of sum up why ego is the enemy. Because let's imagine if this wasn't a human, if this was just like an animal who doesn't think. Imagine if, I don't know, a lion was crossing the bridge and the bridge fell. Do you think his tribe was going to be like, now we're going to hunt the fucking water or whatever, <laughs> or the bridge? Yeah. doesn't work like that because they wouldn't think about, well, what had happened or what's going to happen after. They would just be like, oh, that shit happened. We shall deal with it however our instincts deem better. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. hum- we humans have the problem of we have a problem and we need to, to get to a solution. But sometimes instead we just think about the problem and who caused the problem and oh my god that bitch, and we just yeah, get we apply this... emotions. To yeah, it. animals don't have like we don't they don't apply emotions to their reasoning. Like you said, the lion doesn't go them goes like oh man the fucking river ruined my my dinner. Yeah, no, it's just like okay this happened. Well, what can I do next? Instead, and the, what, what yeah. the, this Persian emperor? If you, of course you now look at it and it's ridiculous. But at the time I bet he was like feeling almighty about it yeah it's like, oh yeah this, it's like this super no god can harm me <laughs> yeah. i control mother nature yeah and, and you see and this happens for example it happened to this emperor but it happens to all of us in you know even smaller circumstances even if you're i don't know driving your car somebody cuts you off you may think about that for the rest of the week like that fu- who, the, who the fuck does that guy think <laughs> yeah. it's like when you, you when you hit your pinky against the table and you're like fucking table why are yeah. you there like the table it's the same with- thing yeah, you put emotion into something that didn't require that. Yeah. And um, yeah. The, and yeah, and so this is the this is this isn't the beginning of the book, but this is a so the book I'd like you to say it's divided in three parts. It goes to like the, the three he describes it as the three parts we all go in life or the three chapters that we all are, are constantly cycling through. So there's a first chapter being aspire when you're aspi- aspiring to do something and the failings that ego can bring you in, in that phase of your life, then it goes to success, and the same thing, what ego can, how ego can damage you when you finally reach the thing you, you have been looking for, and then to failure. And it's funny, uh, it's a really, I think, uh, when, I, when I first read it, it was a really good way of changing the perspective on it, looking at life to those three different lenses, when you're aspiring to something, when you achieve it, and when you eventually fail at something. And... It's it the the examples he shows about how ego can can damage you in each each of those. It's like he uses really like extreme examples, but it's really awesome how you, how you can identify from those examples things you are doing in your everyday life. So, for, for example, example, he has a yeah he has an, as an example. So he talks about like this this great general uh, William Sherman was a, a United States general, one of the most like important men in terms of strategy in battle no one knows his name probably because and that still didn't pr- like no one knows his name because in a certain sense he's, he's stuck with his his values and you see the the importance in, in this case of like he he was he was up for promotions that he denied because he didn't feel he was ready for it he he obeyed even to his uh, inferior commanders because he he felt he didn't he wasn't more knowledgeable than it was really just like an humble person when he didn't need to be which is way more difficult than being humble because you were forced to, to, yeah. to be. And even in the end, when he won the war, because they won because of him, and the, he was offered basically the, 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 best, the best job, let's say, he was offered the, to be the president of the United States, and he said no. And in the end, like, history may not rem- remember him, but he, struck, he stuck with his values, and he made real, uh, real change 
for the for the good in my in my opinion yeah and that's the i think it's the main idea from this book with, with ego you may not be recognized but it won't matter it, it should not matter to you because you know you have stuck with your values and you won't need that outside the recognition yeah like that guy he was doing the things you know not for public approval it was just for yeah, yeah because he felt it was right yeah, and i feel like it. a lot of times we you know we might even say like no i'm just doing this Let's say you go volunteer in Africa building villages for the poor. Sometimes, most, most, most of those people, they don't really want to help the poor as much as they want to post on Instagram about it. And say like, <laughs> oh, I was, I was in Africa. Oh, my God. I was helping them. Yeah, and yeah, it's a, a really important you know, shift to make, but a very hard one. Because we all want uh, you know, approval, appraisal of other people. And sometimes we even search for it before we do shit. You know, you'll see a lot of people talking about like, oh, I'm going to start this business and then da, 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 da. And they never do. They just, you know, it's all talk. I think he also talks yeah, about this. Yeah, a chapter on talk. Yeah. And you, and you never do. And that's a big danger. For example, if this general was always like, yes, we are going to win the war and I'll be victorious. Maybe yeah, that's a good point. Maybe he would have never yeah. won the war because he would be so caught up in his fantasies that maybe he would have slacked off. Maybe you'd have thought he already won the war when he didn't want anything. That's the point he actually makes in the book, which this book was so awesome in time. It was such a mindset shift because I was always listening the, from the self-help industry. It was always like, you have to believe in yourself. You have to have dreams and completely believe in your capabilities. But like, yeah. that's not necessarily true. Sometimes you won't have those capabilities and you, you can't fake confidence. If, you, if you're not, the, if you're, like, if you're, if you're not confident, you can't fake it or... There is no faking some things, and th that's the, the the best thing from this chapter. Talking about this man, he never faked it. When he didn't know stuff, he was real and honest with all of all of the people around him. He said, "There's a possibility this will fail." He, he wasn't like, "No, this will work for sure because I'm the best." No, yeah. he was humble when he needed to be, and that's what actually won him the war because he was able to remain honest. And and in the long term, like in the short term, maybe that will seem worse because people will be like, "Oh my God, this guy doesn't know what he's doing." But in the long term, that's what eventually, that's the only option in, if you want to be good at something in the long term. Yeah. This, is, this chapter is really good because it erases that myth of the, the talented guy that doesn't need to work at anything because it's so yeah. good. This guy came from nothing and only through very serious hard work and, and humbleness, like uh, an incredible sense of humility, that's how he, he managed to, to be one of the best at his jobs. And he didn't yeah. even think that about himself. And that's the, the important thing about, I think, this book is really just bringing, bringing you down back to earth after seeing that yeah. self-help thing about... Yeah, good and about if, yourself even you now talking about the confidence side of things, nowadays there's so much of, you know, just fake it till you make it. And which I'm not saying is that bad because if you're going to, I don't know, do a speech, might as well act confident than not act confident. But here, like you were saying, it's more about you, you will be confident when you are actually, you know, capable. Uh, there was a good quote I heard. It's, um, oh, it's, um, well, it was about, man, it's kind of like mastery equals confidence. You know, when you're, you, you know, you're good at something, you're confident about it. If you, yeah, it's if, natural. It's a side you, effect. Yeah, of exactly. being good. But let's say you're like nowadays, there are a lot of, you know, online courses on how to make money that basically you have to teach other people how to make money. And it's kind of this loop of nobody knows how to make money, but we all teach each other. And it's, it's the same thing. They tell you like, oh, you just have to break it till you make it. Because even if, even if you don't know that much, you know more than someone. Yeah, but that doesn't fucking qualify, you know. <laughs> and you faking and You can kind of fake. <clears throat> sorry. You can kind of fake it. You see movies like uh, Catch Me If You Can, which is a real kind of life example, yeah. which is very rare. But, you know, it was a guy who kind of faked his way into everything. And if you're very good, you, you may be able to do it. But at the end of the day, what is it worth? You know, uh -huh. what is it worth to be the most confident person who has no skill in anything? Yeah, your confidence, but then you're, it's like, it's vain. There's nothing there. It's like, you know, the image of the, um, like the, the top of the iceberg and then the below. Yeah. Confidence is like kind of that top, but if you have nothing down there, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you have nothing to, a foundation yeah. of nothing. Exactly. Yeah, that's really. I feel yeah. That's I feel like this book is more important now than like it, it than it, than it ever was because there's so much that that attitude of faking it till you're making it. At one point, you have to ask yourself, like, do you really want to be doing that? Like, is that really the 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 good, just and right thing to be doing to 
Because you're always, at the end of the day, if you're having that attitude of faking it till you're making it, you're fooling people. You may not really realize it consciously, but that's what you're doing. And that's a good quote, actually, in this book. It's by Churchill, but it's like, facts are better than dreams. And that's the truth. If, if your confidence isn't built on solid facts, it's not really, there's nothing there. There's just uh, shadow, shadows and smokes. And that's, if you're trying to teach someone something, you really should have a base of knowledge. Yeah. Un otherwise, you're just, you're just teaching out of thin air. You yeah. can't... And even for everything, right. like, before you, you know, you claim you're the greatest and you're going to do this, make sure that you actually have skill to back that up, you know? Okay. No, no guy would get into a fight, let's say, professional fight, if you don't know anything. Like, a, a guy who never, you know, did, let's say, kickboxing. And you're like, I'll fucking kick them all! And then you get in there against a professional, you, you die. That's it. And that's, I don't feel like nowadays you don't see that reality as much of, you know, the consequence of being confident without actually having a reason to be confident. Yeah. Because yeah, what It would be like for us to be, to be saying, like, follow our podcast tips when we yeah. just started. It's the yeah. same thing. Or, or if you take this before, let's say to the, uh, uh, when we were cavemen, I don't remember the term I was looking for. Um, okay. Let's say you were very confident about, I'm the best hunter. But then you're not, then everyone dies and no one eats. There you go. There, that's <laughs> yeah, the, the consequences con were real. Now there's no consequence. Like, oh, somebody calls you calls you fake on online, you know. Oh, yeah. whatever. I just go on to the next thing. I'm, I'm faking it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And just to finish on this kind of confidence type of thing, you have to take your time. With whatever it is, you, you're not going to be confident at the beginning at anything. And we have this expectation... Let's say you're starting a new job or you're starting a new sport or an activity. We see the montages, the greatness. Ah, oh, Michael Jordan is dunking. You're not going to dunk when you start playing basketball. You're not even going to be able to dribble the ball. <laughs> That's years and years and years stacked upon each other to reach a moment where there's a public victory. But th yeah. there's a lot of And even you know, then, that's not what you're victories. chasing. That's exactly. not what you should be chasing. That's a side effect of you putting in the work yeah Th those things come after you put in the work absolutely and it's it's the same because it's always going to seem more appealing to be confident out of the sudden like to be the guy who says 100 sure let's do this thing when you're starting at something because honestly that's appealing people search that but you can't fake that that's something and if you fake that it will have consequences in in the future and yeah. it's just you always if you're starting at something if you're new at something even if you want to like trying to give advice to people, I think we feel that that's what we're doing, but our, our attitude isn't like, do this 100% sure we've been through all of it, listen to us. Yeah. Even if you should, if you're starting at something, speak like, okay, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not right. This is what I learned from this guy, which is much better than me. I'm passing it on to you. Let's debate about it. Yeah. Never have that idea of like, I feel if you're starting at something especially, don't just go in guns blazing, feeling like the best. Yeah. Which, the yeah, don't, yeah. don't be like, uh, one day I'm going to become a professional coach, a motivational coach. But yeah. then, you know, you eat Cheetos all day. You can't even make your bed when you wake up and, you know, you're, you're all stinky and fat and smelly. Yeah, you're going to, yeah. yeah, calm down. Maybe, and man, I see that nowadays so much. And even you see a recent example of kind of faking shit. Uh, do you see the fire Festival? You know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was like this big festival advertised. Oh, you're going to have like the vacation slash festival of your dreams in an island they fly you in there's models there's actresses there's everything and then they completely under delivered on everything but they were super confident if, if you looked from the outside it was like oh my god it's gonna be the best event ever but once again they had no foundation to back that up yeah and look the disaster it was yeah it's kind of like that's the kind of real life example where they spent all their money on advertising and then no money on the product itself and then shit went sour and now he's in jail, so. Yeah, don't Consequences. Yeah. All going on, like, to the, this is uh, the other, like, I said, this is my favorite chapter, which is about talking. And the point uh, Ryan Holiday makes in this chapter is that we shouldn't really be talking about our ideas out loud, exposing our, our ideas. Because as he says, action and uh, words, they compete for the same resources. So... And I've noticed this really about myself. When, I like, when I'm talking about, about an idea I want to do, I want to go do this, travel here, when I talk about it with people, I'm much less likely to, to do that thing as if I yeah. was just to keep quiet. 
Because it's like you, you get a, and he talks about this, you get a feeling that you have already accomplished something by talking by yeah. talking about it. And it's a really dangerous thing. You because this is also why it was so good at the moment, because I was coming from the a perspective you have to put all your ideas out, because that way you're going to get social pressure to do them. And that can be true to a certain extent. But there is also a lot of value in keeping things to yourself and yep. working at them quietly. Because it, I, I can't really like, explain it that well, but there is you if you don't talk about it, you feel like to accomplish it, you really have to put in the work. Yeah. Because you, you don't get that sense of accomplishment by, of, by talking. Yeah, and you, you, don't, you also don't feel like, you know, like others are supporting you. That's the thing. I feel like you feel better it's because everyone's supporting you you get the the same feeling you'd get when you achieve it just by talking about it and then you just keep talking more and then yeah you never get it done and one, another thing also is because no one knows but yourself you kind of remove the ego from it because there's not going to be any public victory because no one knows what you're doing yeah that's actually what we what we want when we're, like especially in this society talks about it like it's facebook always asking what's in your mind twitter saying compose a new tweet, Instagram, share your stories. And guess what? No one's going to like be, be exposing their sad moments. Like, I just woke up, but I, I slept through my alarm clock an extra yeah. hour. Yeah. I, just, I just ate a shitty meal. I just missed my workout. No, no one's saying that. Everyone's saying, oh, yeah, I'm feeling great about my life. Yeah. Look at me doing this on this vacation, whatever. It's completely ego-driven. You want to show people that you're doing good in life. You want public credits, public attention. And that's all... And that's wasting resources. That's just like giving your brain that dopamine, that those spikes saying, yeah, I'm doing good stuff. And at the end of the day, it's all smoke. It's all yeah. smoke and shows. And at, you're not going to be a better person by sharing those things. And especially if, like, if you're used to always being on social media, sharing everything, like doing a month of like stopping actually sharing stuff, there is a different feeling inside of you. You feel, you actually, because some things are, are supposed to be private. To remain private and most there's actual things, value actually, yeah. yeah most things should remain private like and there's actual value in, especially if you're a young kid on twitter like <laughs> some kids I, I see they're like exposing their entire life they're like like things you will never ever see and they feel like it's they're just sharing it with the entire world like yeah. their problems with their family how they feel depressed and like it's just some weird stuff it's that looking should keep for approval you. at the end of the day because yeah, it's always you share, then you get some approval, then you keep sharing. And you kind of, if you get too much into that loop, you kind of forget what it's like living for yourself. For as cheesy as that sounds, you got to live for yourself. But it, it's true because if you always focus on the results, you know, public victory, that's going to bring you. Even if it's, you know, posting a story on Instagram, then you're always checking, ooh, how many people watched my story? Yeah. Then you're, you get to a point where you're doing things just to post on your story, just so people watch you doing them. Instead of actually doing things, because you want to do them. Yeah, that's a, I'll just try to read a quote from the book Absolutely. He, where he explains it really good. He says, A voice of a generation doesn't call itself that. In fact, when you think about it, you realize just how little these voices seem to talk. It's a song, it's a speech, it's a book. The volume of work may be light, but what's inside it is concentrated and impactful. And I feel this just really resumes yeah, the, the idea you. of this yeah. chapter. Very good. Because that's, if you're always talking... You're going to have a lot of content, but really low quality. Instead, if you just if if you talk only when you need to, when you absolutely have refined the idea in your mind, that's the work people really reminds, really remember, and yeah. that's the thing that goes on in history. Because that work comes from you. It's an expression used in the book: struggling with the void, being there alone with your thoughts, and coming out of it with something useful for sharing with yeah. humanity. And yeah, because all that talking, you know. Um, Talking, for example, publishing a book. You shouldn't be probably publishing 100 books. You should, you know, uh, get those ideas well put together. And then, like you said, concentrate them into one. Because then you just, uh, you go in, uh, you uh, what's the word? You are at the risk of everything, like you said, everything you put into the world has no meaning. It's devoid of content. It's just so that you can feel good about yourself because others are watching what you're doing. And, you know, it's kind of a balance because... You know, to a certain point, if you want to grow, let's say as a writer, you need to be putting shit out. Yeah, of course. But it needs, like, it, it needs to be put out for a reason, not just for putting more shit out. You know, if you're, if you're just like, oh, I'll put out just because. And the, the good thing I also like about this book, now talking about 
and this concept of ego is the enemy is that there's a dichotomy here because you know don't talk too much but there's certain times where you kind of need to talk too much let's say you're starting your brand as a youtuber just use the example you yeah, kind of need to be purpose. putting yeah it's talk with the purpose in that case. exactly which you know it's it's yeah, hard which, well, i think the problem is what we see nowadays is a lot of talk without no purpose it's gossip it's yeah it's talk, people sharing dumb talking. stuff talking it's just not talking. like yeah it's not talk talking that needs to be happening like okay, i'm not saying there's no like power in, in small talk because there definitely is in real relationships when you're meeting people it's not like on social media like what are you making small talk on social media for it's not like you're meeting people yeah. or like or even talking face to face like gossip is the, the most useless thing you can be talking about there is no value coming out of it. And I feel that's the, the majority of to talks people are having. If you go to a coffee, yep. if you look at and around most of your friends, most likely gossip is it's what hap what's happening. Yeah. It's what we want, to, we want to hear. Even the and news nowadays, a lot of it is just... Yeah, all the news. Like, gossip, oh, that person died, Ooh, that person yeah, what, cheated, what, what oh my God. What makes the news is like, even if you like, <laughs> uh, matches, great like, rivalries, if you see like Mayweather when Mayweather fought um, McGregor, yeah. like... The only reason it was so viral is because like McGregor is the boss at, at shit talking. If he was, if he didn't do that, people wouldn't watch the fight. Yeah, that just brings you like we are not we don't value stuff just because of of their inherent value anymore. We value it because of the story and all of the things around it. The yeah. gossip. The <clears throat> that's story. why. That's why I like so much. You know that Jordan Pearson is popular nowadays because he yeah. talks a lot, and it is a lot. But it, everything it's it's dense. It's it's compacted yeah, there. It's thought out. Yeah, it's thought out. It has meaning behind it. It's not. It's, it, it it's not like someone just like started talking or started <laughs> took his first psychology class and is like, I'm gonna be a psychologist now, right now. Let me talk to the world about psychology after my first class. No, it. For example, this case, he's been doing that his for his entire life. His entire life, exactly. And then after you really done on your things, after you're really confident because you have skill in them, then he talks. Going back to the previous point. Like if you yeah, see Jordan true. Peterson talking, there's nothing that he's not prepared for, that he goes into. Mm -hmm. That's a big, but he's confident because he studied everything he talks about, and what he doesn't know, he doesn't talk about. Point. That's why he's a, a case study. That's why everyone looks up to him. Yeah. Because real, you can, you can recognize realness in people, and that's the people you really admire throughout history and that get famous nowadays. Not famous, but. Real people doing real good, they are recognized yep. eventually, and that's the and that yeah that go back to the, the first chapter we were talking about. Like, you you can't make that on a on if you don't have a solid foundation. Like Jordan Peterson spent his entire life studying, and now at fifty years of age, I think he's ready think, to yeah. yeah he's he's ready to start talking. Now he has a platform where he can talk, and it's worthwhile listening to him because there's a lot of co uh, content in there, good content and. That's I I think like if we're talking about this book I don't we're not going to go to all of the chapters but I'd say the main idea of this book is really it talks about the importance of knowing yourself I feel that's the the most accurate way I, I have of describing this book because if you actually if you know yourself accurately if you know who you are there is no room for ego you won't you won't feel more than you are and less than you are which are both forms of ego yeah and. Everything else just it derives from that self knowledge, that ability to recognize what you are capable of, your capabilities, your limits, your boundaries, and then acting according to them. That's yeah. I feel that's what this book is talking about. Yeah, and knowing that for when you want to push them, you're aware that you're pushing them. You're not just faking that you're already there. You know, yeah, I'm pushing my boundaries here, or not my boundaries, but my limits of what I'm capable of. Yeah. And you know, honesty with yourself. yeah, and it, it's not easy because most likely you're gonna be much far behind than you would like to be in everything. You like think, oh, I'm this super confident guy, I'm gonna have this business, and you have nothing, most likely, if you're in that mindset. And it, it's really hard because it feels like going back to zero, like starting over when you thought you were already ahead, but you're not. And I, that's one of the things that I feel like impacts mostly the ego it's the feeling like, like starting over. It's horrible because you, it's kind of like destroying the ego a bit. Let's say you are, you're in a job for 15 years and you don't really like the job, but you're used to it. And to change the job, it would be very uncomfortable and you'd have to, you know, start over at something you have no idea about. And the ego doesn't want that because it's uncomfortable. You're going to feel all the stress you felt when you started the job you have right now, but you're confident. And it's just, 
And the ego is always going to stop you from that. If you listen to, let's say, your thoughts, your ego, you're never going to do anything new because it's always going to be like, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, that's I might die. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's yeah. That's that's your ego. Like this, this whole book is, of course, it's a book. It's a book about ego, but it's all of the ways that it can trick you into. And it has. It's really easy to be tricked by your ego because, like, sometimes there are things you don't know that you don't. You don't consciously realize it's ego taking its effect on you when it's happening. That's the yeah. hard part about it. Yeah. You you can only like realize it after the thing is done, and then you have to correct. I think <clears throat> only with like a high degree of self like self consciousness. But that's the, the 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 main the main thing I think with this book. It's 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 helping you recognize when you're doing when you're being um, led on by ego and. When it's taking its its effect on you, and through all of the those stages we talked about, aspiring success and failure. So now I would like to kind of go on to the success part of yeah. some chapters about it, and that's a really good one. I feel this is the main thing that would happen to someone like going through like a huge amount of, of, of success. Like you see this in the the Steve Jobs of the world when they mm. when they reach the top, they they get kind of the, that surge of ego when they're like, I'm the best, yeah. I made it, and then they relax. And what you usually see when that happens is the decline. When you when Absolutely. you have that attitude of "I made it," you lose that that fire inside of you. If you don't keep an eternal student, like he calls it in in the yeah. book, if you're just like if you think you made it, there's things are going to start declining. You won't be putting as much work, and things will your part. I'm not talking like about business, just in general in your life. When you feel you, you achieved something, you let up, and eventually it goes back to whatever it was before that so in this case it's the actually this is the importance the the chapter I'm, I'm going to talk about is the danger of early pride he calls it so it's it's that 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 feeling when you achieve something and now you feel I know everything there is to know about this thing and there's a um, a good quote he, he has in the book which is uh, oh, fuck, I, I should search it a bit if you can if you want to talk about this yeah but absolutely chapter. I feel and it's inevitable that it will happen. I feel it's more of a, a matter of kind of figuring it out before it gets out of hand than trying to avoid it completely. Because when you achieve something, you know, kind of worthy of public, of a public victory, it's kind of okay for you to like, for, for a bit of time to be like, I'm the fucking best and kind of re yeah, relax exactly. a bit. It's easy. Yeah, but and, I mean, the best thing to do is, would be to continue without... Like it was nothing. Like it was just a part of your training. On to the next mm -hmm. thing. But you know, we're all humans and that's almost impossible to do. Let's say if you won, I don't know, like uh, you were a racer, like car racer. And if you won the big tournament, yeah, maybe for a day or two, you're going to maybe even take a vacation, enjoy the moment. Yeah. But yeah, then, it's different. But then it's all about, you know, going back to it. Because if that guy just keeps parting and it's like, ah, fuck it, I don't need to train anymore. And then he selects off, then he's going to lose the next one. Yeah. And then you see this in, for example, the UFC with Conor McGregor. For example, he won the two belts when he was, you know, first coming up. And he, he won everything he had to win. Then he went yeah. to fight Floyd. He lost. And then after that, he kind of let up. You know, he went to fight Khabib, which was the undefeated current champion at the time. And then he lost. And you could kind of see that he was not the same fighter. He was, it wasn't the same thing. Because he hadn't kept that same motivation to always keep going, to keep training. You know, maybe he doesn't need to at that point, but just know that, like you were saying, if you let up, it's like, in life, if you're not going up, you're going down. Point. You're not, you're not staying in the same place. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah, there's a, he talks about, he actually puts in, a, this is not the quote I was going to say, but he has a quote about the, 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 the about this famous uh, psychiatrist, psychiatrist mm -hmm. Viktor Frankl, which is, man is pushed by drives, but pulled by values. Which I think is really important here, because you don't, if you are going to do something, you need to have values behind it. If, you, if it's totally externally motivated, <clears throat> like it's very easy to be externally motivated by, by a fight, like in the case of Conor McGregor, I have to win this to become a champion, yeah. or a football team, I have to win this to become the champion. There is something concrete and external you're searching for. And it's okay to have that, like, we need that to operate. But if you don't have the foundation inside of you, if you don't have the values driving you to do that, 
what will eventually happen is you will get there and then let up, just yep. relax, <coughs> which we see happening a lot with uh, sports, uh, like sports yeah, stars. Yeah, sports especially. They win the, the gold medal at the <coughs> Olympics and then they're like, okay, now what? Yeah. They kind of have to rethink life or just go in a drug binge. <laughs> but yeah, yeah because, going on. Because you kind of, yeah, just finish up, because once you reach the top, there's no way to go from there if that's what you define as your top. That's what, yeah, like we were all, we were saying, it's a matter of redefining what your goals are. If your goal is to like show up to practice every day and maybe improve a bit, a bit more than you did the previous day, then you can keep doing that forever in theory. But if your goal is to win that championship, then you win. Now what? Like you were saying, now there's yeah. nothing. And now that's when egos start to clash in teams. You see, oh, maybe I want a better sponsorship deal. Oh, why does that guy get to be number nine and not me? And that's when yeah. things that don't really matter start mattering and then shit collapses. But yeah, uh -huh. moving on. And that brings us to, I think it's a good segue to the next chapter, which is called Always Stay a Student. And there's a really good quote I like from this, this chapter, which is, as our island of knowledge grows, so does the shore of our ignorance. I think it really describes, describes very well the, the feeling we all have when we learn something. And that from that brief moment when you just like, you, you know a bit more than you did, and you're like, okay, now I know all of this. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a really good chart describing this. It's like, at the beginning, you feel like you know everything. Then as you learn a bit more, like your knowledge, the, the, the perception of the knowledge you have starts declining a bit. And then when you actually know stuff, it, it goes like, it's balanced. It's in proportion to what you, what, what you actually know. Yeah. And this is like, it's very important. Like if you, when you get to those points, when you're, this is, this is really visible in like high, high performance athletes. When they are like, the best in their sport when there's like there's no debate in they're the best what drives them to keep being the best at that point you need to have this mindset of remaining a student yep. you need to realize that okay i'm the best now i have more knowledge of this thing than anyone else but as it's as a, the the sentence described it so well as the islands of your knowledge grows so does the shore of your ignorance so yep. the more you know the more you know, you should know that you don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's the, that, the, thing, that the, infamous only, the only thing I know. Socrates quote. It's that I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And, but it, it's, you need to, or all of us need to accept that, but it's very easy to, you know, just be like, I know everything. And then maybe something comes up that kind of challenges that, and you either, then your emotions come up. It's like, oh, okay, you get this stuff. You're like, what the fuck are you saying? I'm the world champion. Don't you think I know that? But maybe you didn't <laughs> yeah. know. And not... Because most of us are not going to be world champions at, every, at anything because there can only be one world champion at a time. Mm -hmm. But you, regardless of that, you need to practice this mentality right from the start. Or else yeah. you're always going to be searching for a future happiness that if one time comes, is going to put you into despair because it's not going to fulfill you. Yeah, and that's... Yeah. Like moving on, I think in this book now, I think the idea starts repeating itself a bit, which is like, if this all comes from knowing yourself really well and from having the the right mentality and being based on on values you're actually you have actually defined so if you are if you actually know yourself even if you're the, the number one competitor at all time if you know who you are you also know that you are extremely small in this universe and that most likely someone else will come up even yeah. when you die that will be better than you Absolutely. so there is actually no point in like being all cocky about it like i'm the best right now who like there's no actual there's no inherent meaning in that yeah like just because you're the best at, at throwing a ball through the air yeah like if you actually like if you're a high performance athlete and you actually think about the things you are doing not to take any value away of it of course but it's actually like a it, it has no sense if you think about it like people playing soccer or playing american football it's just some a bunch of guys running around searching for a ball so this we come back to the importance of being driven inwardly instead of outwardly yep because if you're entirely entirely driven by outward events there's no substance to you there is no meaning and it's actually important it's the the another chapter in the book which is called what's important to you and here it talks about the importance of actually having defined your values no concretely knowing what are the things that are driving you so why do you do what you do that's the that's like the that's the question you we need to be answering and staring at it struggling with it regularly yep. to, to, so we actually know who we are yeah because if you the problem that happens when you're very goal oriented but not you know like you were saying moral and value oriented is that it's very easy to compromise whatever values you may have with the, with just the goal in mind 
let's say you want to get super jacked, but then it's, ah, it's taking too long. Maybe you start taking steroids and you didn't want to do that. Maybe you wanted to make a lot of money. Oh, this is taking too long. I'll cheat a bit. Maybe I'll deliver a worse product than I wanted to deliver. And that way I'll make more money, cut my margin larger. So yeah. crucial. And I've seen this in myself where a point in my life where I was very driven by money and it was very easy to just kind of look, look aside those things like, ah, it doesn't matter. I'm getting farther where I want to go. What does that small thing matter? But it matters. All those things matter. And if you were to stop a minute, you would realize that. That's why, you know, going back to one of our previous podcasts, the power of now, being more conscious about yourself makes all of this easier. Because if you're all day on Instagram and Twitter and just distracting yourself, it's going to be hard to, you know, to realize all these things. Oh, maybe I talk too much. Maybe I get angry when I shouldn't. Maybe I, you know, I'm not doing what I should do. It's very easy yeah. to kind of neglect all that when you, all day you're just being entertained and distracted. But when you actually stop in the middle of all that chaos and just breathe for 20 minutes, then all that shit starts yeah. coming up. And then you actually yeah. are driven to change your life from the right, you know, perspective, the right point. Yeah, I think it's a the good. I think it's a really good idea you touched on the, on the not compromising on your values thing, and it's true. You only you can only achieve that if you actually know your values. So if yeah, like you said, if you, if you're the normal person scrolling to Instagram and Twitter, like seven hours, I don't say that like but three hours a day, four hours a day, whatever, you're not making space in your. You're not making mental space for your values. For yep. you're not thinking about them regularly so of course you're not going to upkeep them if you're not thinking about them on a regular basis you won't even know what they are you won't know where, where they are being crossed and when they are not being crossed so you will naturally compromise you will gossip with other people even if your value is honesty and and humbleness and loyalty to, to your friends you'll still gossip on them because you won't have you won't have, won't have that idea concretely in your mind yeah. if it's in the business like being honest and trying to provide value to people if you're not aware of that, you just cut corners. Like you said, the, your product won't have the quality that you in, initially wanted it because it feels like there isn't. it's not as sustainable in terms yeah, of money. Yeah, because you're not doing but, it for the, the product itself. You're doing it for, for the money. Exactly. That's, yeah. the import, that you, that's the importance of value. You can't compromise on these things. It may seem like, at the moment, of course, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it compounds. Like when you go to sleep, these are the questions that are going through your mind. Like, yep. I did this wrong. Because you, you inherently know that something was wrong. You may you may hide it for a bit, but yeah, you know, that's, like we said, we say this in the pre previous podcast. When you go to sleep, there's no escaping these questions. Yep, like they will pop in, into your mind. And if you want to have a good night's sleep, <laughs> you better be avoiding uh, not not avoiding these questions, but acting in a way that don't make these questions. Yeah, pop man, up. and not only like a good night's sleep and feeling good about yourself, but having a meaningful life. That, for example, the yeah. the war captain we were talking about, despite him, uh, you know. Uh, declining every major opportunity maybe for his ego more than anything i guarantee that at the end of his life he felt his life was worth something it was that meaning uh -huh. you can look back to those hard decisions that you're compromising in this case the outside goal for your values so that you can keep your values then you know maybe one week you're kind of pissed off but then you're like fuck i i'm very glad i did that i'm very glad i didn't compromise the things that should be fundamentally the most important to me and that's why we mm -hmm. when we think we should be thinking about these things we shouldn't be thinking about oh mary said i was a bitch what i do now Ugh. that's not the important things and if you don't take control of your brain he's gonna take control of you and if like these thoughts yeah. keep you know just going on repeat like gossip and you know entertainment like oh when does pewdiepie drop his new video when does da -da -da? just random shit that doesn't matter yeah. then it's very easy to you know waste years waste and i saw an interesting statistic the other day um i think i already said in the podcast we have twenty six thousand five hundred days in on average to live that's not that much okay. and if you're gonna waste those days gossiping and doing shit you don't really like and there's no meaning and just searching things outside of yourself then what happens at the end of those twenty six thousand days yeah what happens yeah. in that last final day when you're this this is actually this is a good place to go to. There's actually I don't remember the book where I read this, but this guy had this exercise he would do, like this mental exercise, where every weekend I think it was Sunday he would sit down and actually think about how being in his deathbed would feel. So he would close his eyes and do this kind of meditation where he was imagining himself dying from sickness. It was his last day on earth, his last hours. His whole family friends are around him, 
and that that brings like real perspective to it because yep. whatever you're going through at the moment it kind of like it vanishes for a bit when you put it in that context Absolutely. context you just like you it's a really powerful exercise if, if people haven't tried it really try it because when i did this like all of the bullshit like meaningless thing it kind of goes out of the window for a bit because there's only you you with this exercise this mental exercise you can really understand what matters to you and the things you want to be remembered by and what what do you want your family to like in your deathbed what do you want them to be saying about you do you want to be like oh man he could have done so much more with his life he had such potential no like if you think about that's scary thinking about that that's yeah that's, at least for me that's scary like thinking about that like wasting your entire life absolutely and then looking back at it do you can you imagine that feeling that's got that has to be the worst feeling yeah. and just the act of you know uh, considering that and actually taking it as a real possibility which is probably the most realist real. the most realist possibility of all of them because it's the one you're certain <laughs> that will happen of all your uh -huh. life just thinking about that it puts everything into the perspective for me it's not even thinking about oh what are people going to say it's more about you now know that yeah that feeling you because now you see like oh i'm dead but now i come back and now i can do whatever i want and it's like oh my fucking god i have to i have to enjoy this while i can because yeah. you can literally go out not even go out you can go take a shower you slip you hit your head you die that's it unexpected yeah. all your little problems and your thoughts go away boom you're dead you're just a limp body you can spontaneously combust it's like now <laughs> you could you're dead technically <laughs> There's a possibility. Yeah, and like, but just, we don't just imagine that. Just imagine not you combust, but imagine you, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get hit by a car. Yeah, it's a real possibility. Yeah, this or like a fucking meteor falls on Earth and it just happens to be where you're at and you die. Now, in, in yeah. this exact moment, boop, you're gone. Yeah. Now, People like they don't want to talk about, yeah. it, think about that, and talk about it. But it's like you may like you may be thinking in your head, oh my god, this is so morbid. Why are they talking about this? It's bumming me out. But this is important. If you don't think about like death, and you don't get that that perspective in life yeah. that that tells you you have to hurry. Like we talk about enjoying life and smelling the roses, which is good. You need to do that, but you need to do that with a sense of like hurry. There is there like yeah. like you said, twenty six thousand days or something. <laughs> like there, yeah. the clock is ticking every day. <laughs> like there is no going back to this moment and. If you don't think about it, you will never value this moment, which in turn won't allow you to smell the roses. Yep. Which is like, that's the way I, I'm logically being accurate. Yeah, you should kind of rush to smell the roses right now. You should, which then you stop, which then you stop rushing and you start actually enjoying life. This moment, uh -huh. because uh, I, I keep going too much to the Eckhart Tolle book, but I, I, for me, it's when rereading that book was one of the biggest kind of mind-blowing effects on, of recent time. If you, just feeling your body at, in this moment, just, you know, enjoying the current moment, because that's all there is. The past doesn't exist. It doesn't exist anymore. It happened, yep. but you can't go back to it. The future, the future isn't guaranteed. Isn't guaranteed. You don't know what's going to happen. So, and even the current moment, as you're perceiving it, it's already late because as you perceive it, it's, it has like a, the tiniest delay from you feeling and then your body perceiving that. So... Mm -hmm. But that's all you have. Yeah, that's that's thing, yeah. all you have. And, you know, and it's kind of sad to think if you go to the deathbed scenario, most people are going to live never kind of experiencing that, never experiencing truly being in this moment. Maybe for yeah. a brief moment. No, they'll, ex they'll experience it at least once in life, at least when they're in that deathbed. Maybe. <laughs> but then it's going to be. I, I feel like that, then it's impossible to. I think so. maybe who knows maybe when you get there but yeah we don't know Shit. yeah but yeah <laughs> but can you oh man and yeah don't wait for that moment yeah. like get yourself ahead of that moment which brings us to the, the this is the next chapter I want to yeah. make a and we point can finish because I, I love this one it's called fight club moments and I, I just love the name of this chapter and I'll, I'll read a quick quote and then explain why it's called fight club moments if you shut up if you shut up truth and bury it underground it will but grow and gather to itself such explosive power that the day it bursts through, it will blow up everything in its way. <laughs> no, that's, and that's this, beautiful. I feel like everyone has gone through this. You've been keeping your insecurities hidden, you've been keeping the thing you've been doing, to, been wanting to do, been pushing it away, and then eventually it blows up in your face. There is only a certain amount of time you can go through without addressing your issues. And it's called Fight Club Moments, because if you've never seen the, the movie Fight Club... Um, 
it's actually a book. I'm just being <laughs> ignorant to calling it the movie. Oh god! Excuse me. The in the novel Fight Club, there's the, this part where the, the characters. This is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen Fight Club. The the character like Jack, the main character, his apartment blows up, and this character is really like obsessed with his material values. So his every furniture which he like he read in the book, which he pathetically loved. It's lost. It's gone up into the air. And later you, you realize that it, it was actually him that did it himself to a, a, another personality he created. Which is kind of what happens in real life. You may be avoiding it, but like in the back of your mind, you're actually <coughs> you're laying out the groundwork for it to happen. Yep. Just by the act of avoiding it. That's, there's another part of you that's setting up that explosion, that perfect... Your subconscious, yeah. That perfect disaster that will happen and... It will happen, and these are the moments like no one wants to go through. And when you when you're going through them, it feels like shit. You've been fired. Your wife cheated on you. Whatever. Like these are the things that they have the potential to break you or to make you. Yep. I'd say. But ideally, you shouldn't. I mean, you're you're gonna have to get there to figure this out. Yeah, you're going. But to ideally, there. you shouldn't get there because if you would address that within yourself, you know, when that thought, when that feeling comes up. And you, like in radical acceptance, you just accept that and be with that. Then you could decide, oh, maybe I'll do this or that. But I'll do one of them. I won't just keep in the middle not doing anything. That's one, That's a big so danger. It's a decision either way. Yeah. And like we were talking about this earlier uh, before the podcast, not making a decision is still a decision. Just letting mm-hmm. things happen, it's still a decision. And it's probably the worst decision that can happen if how things are going is not how you want them to go. Because, like you said, you're just delaying shit. And while you're delaying, it's more time that you're not going to enjoy and that you wish you'd enjoyed when you're fucking dead. When those 26,000 days end, you really wish you would just spend that time, oh, maybe just thinking, not even consciously thinking about, oh, maybe I'll do this, I'll do that. You already know, deep down, you already know what you're going to do. There's even a good exercise. If you think, take a coin. Ads, ads is decision A, tails is decision B. When you flip it, while it's in the air, you already know which one you want. You're already wishing for one. You don't even need to yeah. see whatever the fuck it comes out. And also, that's that's what I, I have that version of me, like trying to discover the thing. You already know, but if you want to be like make it more clear, do the deathbed exercise. Like if you're on your deathbed thinking like, I wish I would have done more of. Yeah. You like at that moment, you know what you need to be doing. You don't like you. Don't, you're not going to say, oh, I wish I scrolled to Twitter one last time. Yeah. Or I, I watched Instagram another hour a day. No. You're going to be like the the real things that matter to you. I wish I had chased my purpose, per, uh, my purpose, whatever that be. Yeah. Be it your business, raising a good family, raising your kids. Like it's not going to be the the bullshit that we all know. We all know what the bullshit is. Yeah. We, and yeah. we all know what the, the good stuff is. It's just putting that in, into your mind. And I just like to read a, a passage from this 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 chapter, which leads us to this like how to deal with this Fight Club moment. So. <clears throat> In Greek mythology, characters often experience catabases or a going down. They are forced to retreat, they experience a depression, or in some cases, literally descend into the underworld. When they merge, it's with heightened knowledge and understanding. Today we'd call that L. And on occasion, we all spend some time there. We surround, we surround ourselves with bullshit, with distractions, with lies about what makes us happy and what's important. We become people we shouldn't become and engage in destructive, awful behaviors. This unhealthy and ego-derived state hardens and becomes almost permanent until catabasis forces us to face it. So this is the importance of these moments. All of the bullshit that you've been lying yourself through, all of the distractions, they'll come running down on you in, at Absolutely. this moment. When, when all hell breaks loose, you will be forced to face this. And there's real value on the suffering you, you're going to go through, on all of the pain that you will be exposed in this catabasis, like the, the ancient Greeks would call it. Because in this moment, you have that chance. Everything is clear. You know what you've been doing wrong. Yep. And you can either, like, being, be a lunatic and keep on trying to hide away from those things. And the only way you're going to get through there, which is, which is with extreme things. Drugs. Yep. Alcohol. Oh, for sure. This is where you have the potential to ruin <laughs> your life. And like, that's why you see so much nowadays. Like, United States, the, the record highs of opioids, you know, based, yep. based medicines and all that. People are... They're removing themselves from reality. They're numbing themselves just not to feel the shitty thing that you need to feel. There's a reason that it feels shitty. Doesn't do you really think it's yeah. just hard things are broken because, by hard things? Absolutely. And do you really think that if you're you're on your purpose, you're eating well, you're going to the gym, you have great relationships, 
You really think you're gonna feel like that? Like shit? But to get there, you're gonna have to feel like shit. There's no way around it. To get, if you're in a point you don't like, to get, to climb, you're, to dig yourself out of that hole that you kind of dug yourself up into, it's gonna be hard. You're gonna have to get dirty. You're gonna have to work yeah, very hard. Those, these fight club moments will come. And just another quote, I, I find this, this quote awesome. It's, it's by Hemingway in a book called Far, A Farewell to Arms. And he writes, The world breaks everyone and afterwards many are strong at the broken places. But those that it will not break, it kills. And this is where stuff gets, gets real. Like When those fight club moments come, when your life like, feels like everything has been crash, came, came crashing down on you, there's the thing. You will, be, you will emerge stronger from it. Yeah. But if you do not emerge, you will die. Yeah. Be this like, psychological death You'll or go further real down. physical death, which is a, like, a possibility. If you, because if you get to this point and you keep on trying to avoid it, the le- the less the mo- the 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 next step is death. Yep. Be it by drugs, by alcohol, whatever. Yeah. By and maybe even you killing yourself because you didn't yeah, deal with this suicide. And exactly. Can, can we, 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 like taking that to there. the extreme, to get to a point where you want to kill yourself. Yeah, I understand there's people with a lot of problems. Let's say a, a normal human being that just shit didn't go their way, and they came to a point where where they felt like the best decision was to take their own lives. That's your brain taking control. That's because it, it, because it feels harder to cl- to take yourself out of the hole than to just you know dig even deeper and then close yourself in the hole. Yeah, that's actually the, the uh, actually quote talking about holes. I just have to read it. Stand in, in the end, the only way you can appreciate your progress is to stand on the edge of the hole you dug for yourself. Look down inside it and smile fondly at the bloody claw prints that mark your journey yep. up the walls. I feel like this this quote like Man, yeah. it just gets me pumped up. It's just like such a it appeals to such primal yeah. like I feel values and instincts. And, and yeah, and I think with that we can end on a very high note. Yeah, that's a that I just I I just like to read it again. Refer, like and we'll close on that. Yeah, let's read it, read it again and first before reading it, just like talking about the importance of this moment. Know how to like. If these moments do come, it will require amazing levels of strength to yep. actually learn from them. But it will be the most worthwhile moments. Yeah. And bef- to before you learn read something from, also know that if it's put in your life, you can overcome it. Until you die, yeah. everything that's around you can be solved and will be solved if you keep at it. But yeah. don't don't think that things are oh this is too big to solve and I'm never gonna do it. If it's in your life, you can endure it. You can overcome it. So yeah, start read the fucking the quote. Let's read it. <clears throat> Stand on the edge of the hole you dug for yourself. Look down inside it and smile fondly at the bloody claw prints that mark your journey up the walls. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Boom. Podcast over.